Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd. Hey guys, can you believe it's September 22nd already? Like, holy shit. I I can't believe how fast this year is going. And uh, don't mind the fans behind me, it's hot. Had a weird, very weird heat spike the last couple days. Anyway, hey, uh, so, still doing shoutcasting with the 101 League, so make sure to check them out on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitch. Uh, we're going to do FGC nights tomorrow night. Thursday. Uh, we're still doing Smash Ultimate on Fridays and Smash Melee on Saturdays. Uh, also, this Saturday, don't forget, we have um, where they are doing at Panels Comic Book Coffee Bar, where we do our Melee tournaments, is their Nevada Street Nerd Market. Uh, that's going on from 10 to 4. Uh, I'll be there shoutcasting with the 101 League for Super Smash Brothers Melee. Uh, a lot of vendors and stuff will be there selling different things, Pokemon cards, art, um, t-shirts all all different stuff so that's the nevada street nerd market in downtown oceanside from 10 to 4 uh, on saturday um so uh we'll be there so be on the lookout for that uh as well um and like i said those are uh things that i'm doing you know with uh everything else that i'm doing in my life other than of course work um and and this podcast but, uh, hey, back back to our regular scheduled programming, huh? Well, again, guys, thank you. It's uh, September 22nd. Um, welcome back to Nick's Nerd News. I am, of course, your host, Nick. Glad you guys could be here. Welcome friends, family, fans, new listeners, old listeners. Um, you know, make sure to like, share, subscribe, all that jazz. Write a review, leave a star, poke an eye out. I, I don't know, whatever, whatever you guys do. Um... But yeah, hey, look at that. We're here. It is, uh, we're on our 175th, 176th episode. Been doing this a long time. I've been annoying you. It's 176. I've been annoying you with our my, my obnoxious takes, my hot takes for, for quite a while now. But hey, you keep coming back. So that's that's all that matters, right? But uh, hey, let's, let's get into it. Hey, so last week... Um, uh, last week I didn't talk about Deathloop just because I didn't have enough time to, to really get hands on it. But I, I did spend a good chunk with it this weekend, and, and I gotta say I'm loving it. It is not what I expected at all. And the replayability is is something I haven't seen before. Uh, so, it's... Uh, it, uh, you play this character and you, you're on an island that has this anomaly that the day resets essentially every night at midnight midnight so essentially you have four periods of the day to like figure out the game before it resets and you kind of start over um and you essentially without if like if you don't earn as enough of the like material in the game it's called res residum uh you, like you lose your weapons at the start of every loop they call it and the point of the game is you have to take out like eight of these visionaries to break the loop essentially. But the the thing is sometimes you can only kill like one at a time per period of day and depending on what section of the island you go to. So like the whole point of the game is you have to figure out a way that you can take out as many visionaries in one time period. So there's four time periods, morning, midday, afternoon and 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 um and night and you need to figure out a way that um um you need to figure out a way to take them all out in the span of a day so that way the loop doesn't reset uh and then all the meanwhile there's someone that's hunting you her name's juliana who's a great character in the game by the way and you can also turn on multiplayer where someone can play as her and invade your game and take you out and reset your loop so it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I've figured out how to kill about like five of the uh, visionaries, but individually solo. I, I've yet to get to be able to kill two in, in one go. Uh, well, I mean, in one time period, 
uh, like they you get all these clues and it's it's like a mystery game as well so it's a mystery action game and you're you're working the clock is against you essentially so it's it's really cool you can get uh, other weapons and things like that uh, replaying the loot obviously having the ability to go back and replay everything over you can kind of figure out different ways to uh, different paths to go and different ways to take out the visionaries and things like that and kind of follow them and see how things go. So it's definitely it's definitely unlike anything I've ever played before. It's 1,000% worthy of all, all the praise it's getting. Um, it, it, it is on PS5 and PC only right now. I think it's a timed exclusive on PS5. But if, if you were kind of maybe sleeping on it, or were kind of hesitant, I, I would 1,000% recommend it. Because it, it is it is a great game. It's made by Arcane Lyon, which is um, uh, part of Bethesda. Uh, and they worked on the Dishonored games. So it, it's it's definitely worth trying out. It 1,000% it is. And uh, if, if I were to score it, I'd definitely give it like a, a 9 out of 10 right now. Because it, it is that good. It is as good as everyone says. So it, it's it, it's a great challenge. It's a great fun. And the replayability is through the roof. Like most games don't have this kind of replayability. And this one does. And that's what makes it fun. Um, so also uh, in the wake of the PlayStation Showcase that was, was that last week or the week before... Uh, we've started to get more and more details about the about God of War Ragnarok and the God of War franchise as a whole. And what we've learned, essentially, is that there will, will only be two games in the Norse uh, storyline. Um, and th this is the opposite, because there were three main games in, of course, the Greek storyline. And the reason behind this is because the new ones are... Are essentially taking so much more, lo much longer to make. Uh, so it, it, of course, you know, it's taken about five years to make each game. So they they figured that they can wrap up the Norse storyline in God of War Ragnarok. Now that, of course, begs the question: Are we going to get more God of War games than in other mythologies, or are we going to have Kratos move to other parts of the world, essentially? and take part in other mythologies. Now, I know it's been hinted at with, like, Shinto and things like that. I, I don't... I don't know if that will happen five years from when Ragnarok comes out, of course, or or if, if they give it some time, but I, I know people would like to see Shinto, or even if he took on, like... I, I don't know if he would take on the Egyptian mythology, per se, just because it's so similar to... To the the Greek, he's more than likely not going to do Roman, so we don't know what this means for the future of the franchise. Other than Ragnarok is going to close the North's Norse storyline, um, and of course we can always get stuff with with you know Atreus in the future. So who knows? The door I'm sure will be left open, and uh, it's it's fun to speculate, and I'm sure once we complete the campaign of, of Ragnarok will have a, a, a better answer. Um, moving on to another studio uh, that's that's in Santa Monica, uh, Respawn Entertainment. Uh, despite recent rumors and things like that, uh, it is, wants fans to know that Titanfall as a franchise is not dead. Uh, they just aren't currently working on it. So essentially just don't don't give up hope yet on Titanfall there's still a possibility for a future with that franchise. And that's good because Titanfall 2 literally was amazing. It was one of the best games uh, of that uh, of that year. One of the best and most underrated FPS campaigns. Titanfall is a solid franchise. And look, Apex is thriving in it as well. So it's not completely dead. Also, the devs of Splitgate, the, the multiplayer game taking the world by storm, so much that they had to shut the game down temporarily to get to get their uh, the their, their servers ready for all the people playing, uh, have announced that they are uh, going to have somewhat of a forge mode in their games uh, before Halo Infinite. Of course, uh, Halo Infinite 
uh, uh, Halo Infinite announced 343i Infinite. Uh, the developers behind Halo Infinite announced that Forge no Mode would not be available at launch and might not be available till season two. Uh, but 1047 Games said that they are going to be adding that to their game Splitgate, and they said, "quote Splitgate will have Forge Mode before Halo Infinite." Sorry in advance to Halo fans. We love you, but we had to. <laughs> uh, that was their Twitter. Um, and they also said, quote, we probably won't call it Forge Mode, but it's a map editor. Imagine placing portal pads anywhere you wanted on Olympus. And that is, uh, that's really cool, actually. I'm, I'm happy more games are embracing the, the map editor. You know, a, a lot of games don't do that. So it's, when, when more games add it, it's always fun. And then that way the community can take part in a way they, they never could before. But it's always good. It's always good for that. Um... And then, uh, of course, uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about the new PS5 model that was coming out and how it would have a, it would actually have a smaller uh, heatsink in it. Well, it has been released, uh, and and as of now, despite concerns, there is no performance difference or issues. So as of right now, it works the same. Uh, any any qualms you might have can be put to rest. And then also this week was the THQ Nordic 10-year anniversary stream. Uh, THQ Nordic, of course, is a part of the Embracer group who owns, like, every video game studio, pretty much, it feels like. Well, they, they had a stream where they announced uh, quite a new few new games coming out, uh, the first of which is uh, Destroy All Humans 2 Reprobed. So, yes, they are remastering or remaking Destroy All Humans 2, probably in the vein... That they did on the first Destroy All Humans, which just came out a couple months ago. Uh, no official release date on that. Uh, Outcast 2, A New Beginning, which is a game that is... Uh, it's been 20 years since the, the original came out. About, tw about 20 years. So 1999, um, out, the first Outcast came out. And this is going to be made by some of the original dev team as well. So that's actually really cool. Uh, also announced was Jagged Alliance 3, another game that hasn't had a, a proper sequel since 1999. Um, that is going to be uh, a new game. Uh, also, Expeditions Rome, a new tactical turn-based RPG that, that is going to be coming out in the future. Uh, we also have MX vs. ATV Legends. I don't even know the last time an MX vs. ATV game came out. Uh, it's been a while since I played one, I know that. But yeah, another M uh, MX vs. ATV. Uh, also announced Superpower 3, uh, Elex 2, a sequel to the 2017 game. And then what is probably the biggest announcement out of this is, is uh, a new SpongeBob game. It's called SpongeBob SquarePants, The Cosmic Shake-Up, or The Cosmic Shake. Uh, and it, it the trailer was a cinematic trailer that kind of hit like the biggest notes in SpongeBob history. And, of course, focused on, you know, uh, when they did Sweet, Sweet Victory. And what I don't understand is they show all the main characters, except they have this weird, like, floating Patrick following him around that doesn't make any sense. And you don't see regular Patrick at all during the any of the cinematic trailers. So it's very, very different and very unexpected. Um, we don't know much about the game other than the cinematic trailer. So we don't, we don't know what type of game it's going to be, what the story is going to be or anything like that, but it, it's it's essentially the biggest announcement out of out of THQ Nordic's 10-year anniversary uh stream and announcement whatever you want to call it. Um so yeah, THQ Nordic is is working on some things. Uh also this week rumors started swirling that Quantic Dream, the David Cage studio behind uh games like Detroit Become Human, and, um, oh shoot, what was that game with the, I, I can't remember the, his biggest games that people like. And, and honestly, I, I'm not, I'm not super on board with this. I, his games are, um, I, I don't know. His, his games are, are not the greatest things. I mean, I know people like them. Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls. I know that, you know, I don't know. They're like over-the-top, melodramatic. 
sometimes they they trip over themselves, right? So I I don't know if I I don't know how I would feel about them making us a, a Star Wars game, right? Unless it was done like very well. And it obviously it's going to be story focused. So that that's a good thing, right? There there's some some good to come out of that. But my concern though is that it it gets it gets so bloated and 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 pretentious like his other games and that's where i have some concern so while i'm sure it would look amazing and i'm sure the story would probably be be somewhat good i i'm i'm worried that it would explode and turn into some ridiculous thing that that people would just kind of like not be okay with and i i don't know man i don't know and it would probably be playstation exclusive who knows who knows um also there's been hints at a possible remaster of marvel vs. capcom 2 uh that might be in the works it was taken off digital storefronts almost a decade ago at this point and Obviously, people would have to buy physical copies, and those are hard to come by. But uh, it, rumors are swirling of a potential remaster. Uh, there's a lot of hints that have been floating around, which, if anything, that can shake up the the the, the Evo scene and the the fighting scene for sure. So hopefully that that does come out because Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite was a bit of a letdown for many. Um. Also, it came out this week. So, you know, we've been following the Activision news for quite a while now. And, uh, of course, the state of California is suing them. Well, now they are being investigated by the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC. No shock there. And they have subpoenaed the CEO, Bobby Kotick. And it all has to do with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the EEOC, uh, they've also been investigating Activision Blizzard, so it looks like just about everyone is in, investigating them now. Um, it might be facing having to put out for a settlement. Uh, also, per the Wall Street Journal, that's who found out that the EEOC was investigating them. Um, they've been investigating harassment since May of 2020, so they've been going on a lot longer. Uh, also... Uh, a press release from them said, quote, actively engaged in continued discussions with the EEOC and has cooperated with the EEOC's investigation concerning certain employment practices, unquote. That's from Activision. Um, Bobby Kotick put out a statement in regards to that saying, quote, while we continue to work in good faith with the regulators to address and resolve past workplace issues, we also continue to move ahead with our own initiatives to ensure that we are the very best place to work. We remain committed to addressing all workplace issues in a forthright and prompt manner, unquote. So that's the EEOC investigation. But like I said earlier, the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, is also investigating them, the SEC. And it has to do with how they handled allegations of sexual misconduct and workplace discrimination. Again, according to the Wall Street Journal, they have subpoenaed Activision, as well as CEO Bobby Kotick, they are requesting act, uh, documents from Activision as far back as 2019, uh, personnel files of former employees, and separation agreements that have been made in the last year. So it looks like they're going deep. Uh, they've also asked for communication logs between Kodak and other senior executives, especially when it pertains to sexual harassment. Um, uh, in a statement to the Wall Street Journal, they said, quote, cooperating with the SEC, unquote. Uh, and this is, again, the second major lawsuit and investigation after the California uh, department uh, has, has looked into it. Um, they, of course, did hire a new chief people officer recently, and we'll see how that goes. On top of all this, though, another high-profile executive has left Blizzard. Um... Chaco Sony, who was the executive in charge of Overwatch 2 at Blizzard, uh, has left the company. Um, per Bloomberg, 
uh, spokes, a Blizzard spokesperson confirmed that Chaco had left. Uh, he had he was essentially overseeing the entire Overwatch franchise. Um, he did say, "quote Blizzard has been an absolute privilege and one of the best experiences of my career." Unquote. In an email he sent to staff, um, while they claim this won't affect the production of Overwatch Two as it's nearing its its completion. Um, we don't know how this will affect Blizzard overall. Uh, and while it does look like it's unrelated to the ongoing investigations and everything like that, it's not much of a stretch to see that there might be a, a potential connection here. Um, we'll see what happens. Again, this is the second high-profile person to leave in relation to the Overwatch franchise as well, as game director Jeff Kaplan left back in April. Um, so we'll, we'll see how this affects Overwatch moving forward as a franchise. And we'll see how this affects Activision Blizzard as a whole moving forward as well. Um, this weekend, if you, uh, hopefully signed up for Halo Insider before September 13th, you might have gotten an email this last week inviting you to partake in the second multiplayer flighting or technical test for Halo Infinite. Uh, that will partake between tomorrow, September 23rd, and uh, Sunday, September 26th. Uh, this will uh, add some new modes. They'll change some things up with bots. It's going to include a lot more PvP. And if you do play this weekend, you should also get an invite to the following technical preview, technical test, uh, which is going to be the 3rd, and that will take place the following weekend, September 30th through October 3rd, but that will be Big Team Battle, and that will be on a new map as well called Fragmentation. Uh, so that is one of Halo's most beloved modes uh, is Big Team Battle. Of course, it's like 8v8, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, we're going to have vehicles and things like that brought into the mix before the launch of the game, of course, in December. So, if you were a, uh, if you did sign up as a Halo Insider prior to September 13th, make sure to check your emails. It might have gone to a spam folder or something like that. So, make sure you see that and, and get everything set so you can partake in the flights this and next weekend. So, this is uh, definitely what I'm going to be playing all weekend. Um, and then, so, you guys know that I love to find a reason to shit on Fortnite. And the newest one is their partnership with Balenciaga. And this is a partnership for both in-game and real life. Balenciaga is a high, high fashion, very expensive clothing line, luxury line, I should say. And it, it is a collab, like I said, both in-game and in real, in real life, IRL. And I, I swear I saw them doing like a basic white shirt that says Fortnite that cost like several hundred dollars. And I think they're charging outrageous prices in-game as well. Um, so if uh, to get a skin in-game, you can buy a physical version of the same hoodie, but the hoodie is $725. So to be able to get them in the game, you have to buy them in real life. Um, there is a denim jacket for $1,290, a hat that is $400, uh, uh, honestly, I feel bad for any parents whose kids beg them to buy that shit, I, I just, it's disgusting. And and don't don't think I wouldn't do this if, if any other game did this. If Halo Infinite did this, you best believe I'd be shitting on them left and right. But they would never do anything bullshit like that. Because Microsoft doesn't need to partner with a fucking grossness like that. That $400 for a hat? Shit better be made of gold to cost that much. $400 fucking dollars? Jesus Christ, for a, no, just no, this is wrong on so many levels. I hope kids don't steal parents' credit cards to buy that shit either. Bullshit. <laughs> and speaking of Fortnite and Epic, 
Well, the Epic and Apple lawsuit has blown up in a way I did not expect. So we didn't really cover it, but the lawsuit ended. And, and, and I mean, both Fortnite, both Epic and Apple kind of came away with, with little miniature wins out of it. Not, not either, not a decisive victory for either one. And now, uh, Apple has, even though Apple said they would probably let them on after they made changes or whatever, uh, Tim Sweeney, the CEO of Epic has revealed that Apple has rejected their most recent request to be reinstated, um, at least their developer account. Um, so Apple has effectively banned Fortnite uh, for at least five years. <laughs> um, Apple sent a letter re rejecting them. And uh, he said, quote, on his Twitter, last, Late last night, Apple informed Epic that Fortnite will be blacklisted from the Apple ecosystem until the exhaustion of all court appeals which could be as long as a five-year process, unquote. <laughs> Fuck, that's fucking hilarious. Um, of course, they push back against Apple's 30% fee that they take. Um, of course, the trial went, the, it, the lawsuit went to trial, and the judge, so essentially the judge ruled that external payment systems, uh, this is a quote from an IGN article, external payment systems should be allowed on apps available in the App Store, and while that may seem like a win for Epic, the judge also ruled Epic Games breached its contract with Apple and was ordered to pay Apple $6 million in fines, unquote. So, while Epic is appealing, this is why things are going to take longer. Um, but, uh, and they also said that Epic's, or Apple's termination of Epic's developer account was lawful and valid. So, that is why, so Epic tried to get it back, they didn't. Um, they're going to still keep fighting, but just, if you have an iOS device, you can't play Fortnite mobile. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That's just all funny. Very, very funny. And tomorrow, for one day only, 300 Best Buy stores will have, for the first time, in-store PlayStation 5s, Xbox Series X's and Xbox Series S's, as well as some NVIDIA GPUs. Uh, late last year, the brand did say they would not sell the new consoles in-store until at least 2021, uh, and this is going to be the first chance. Uh, you do have to... It is a ticketed system, though, so you do have to be at the store early, uh, starting at 7.30. Uh, there is a website you can go to to see which stores are participating, uh, there's going to be one in D.C. and one in Puerto Rico as well, so 300 total. Uh, and the closest one to us is going to be the Oceanside store, which is actually one of the, um, from my understanding from friends who have worked there, it's actually one of the busiest Best Buys in San Diego County. Um, so that is going to be one of the, the, the 300 stores in, uh, at least in Southern California. Uh, there's going to be more than that, obviously. But that is the closest one to this area, my area. Uh, for those of you who are still looking to get your hands on it, if you have a free day tomorrow, make sure to be in line the night before, or at probably tonight, or early tomorrow, to be able to get a ticket to be able to purchase one of the consoles. They are in instituting a one-console-per-person rule, so you probably won't be able to get both. So if you, are, have, if you do have the money to get both, make sure you bring someone with you so they can get the PlayStation 5. And you can get the Xbox or vice versa, or at least you can get one of the coveted consoles. Um, that opens that that ticketing system start goes live at six thirty tomorrow. Um, and then uh, this is something I'm really stoked about. So Jurassic World Evolution Two is coming out in November, uh, and Frontier put out a new dev diary uh, to talk about the campaign and Chaos Theory mode. Obviously, Chaos Theory is based off of uh, what Ian Malcolm does. You know, uh, life uh, finds uh, finds a way. And uh, what they hinted at in the Chaos Theory mode... So the Chaos Theory mode is like a, a what-if, where you get to play out like an alternative timeline or story based off one of the Jurassic Park franchise films. So there's going to be six of them, essentially. So uh, more than likely... 
uh, uh, a version of Jurassic Park, Lost World, Jurassic Park 3, Jurassic World, Jurassic World, uh, um, what was the last one called? Uh, Fallen Kingdom, and then of course, Jurassic World Dominion. I'm sure that will come out after the movie launches. But the one that is based on Jurassic Park 2, The Lost World, is you get to do, as they quote, what others failed at. You get to build your own Jurassic Park San Diego. That is right. You get to build your own Jurassic Park San Diego based off the one that they they conceptualized in the film. And, oh my god, I'm all for it. It's, it's very rare that a game is set in San Diego. The, the last time a video game had anything remotely related to San Diego was, I think, Midnight Club 3, dub edition, where you get to race around San, San Diego. I'm pretty sure that was the last time San Diego was featured that prominently in a game. <laughs> and I am stoked. Unfortunately, the, the skybox they have features mountains way closer to downtown than they actually are. And it looks like you might be on like Coronado Island or something like that. But, oh my god, I can't wait for Jurassic World Evolution 2. Jurassic World Evolution was one of my favorite games uh, to come out in the last few years. I love the Jurassic Park franchise. Uh, so this is something I'm very, very excited about. And then the final bit of gaming news I wanted to talk about today uh, has to do with Far Cry 6, which is out in just a few short weeks. Um, two weeks from today, actually. Um, Far Cry 6 will not have ray tracing on console. Uh, it will have ray tracing on PC, but Ubisoft has announced that they will not feature ray tracing on next-gen consoles. Um, via Tech Radar, they they reached out to Ubisoft to, to ask, and the 3D team lead programmer uh, told uh, WCCF Tech as well, it is a PC-only feature. Um, also, AMD's Fidelity FX Super Resolution feature can only be found on PC as well. Um, they said, quote, Ray Tracing is a PC-only feature. On console, our objective has been to take advantage of new hardware capabilities, optimizing performance, targeting 4K, and achieving 60 FPS, for instance, all while ensuring the, that the experience on the previous generation of console would remain consistent. Unquote. So, that makes kind of sense. I mean, if they're, they're, I mean, they're kind of balancing generations here and making sure it's it's optimized across them and if they're hit going for 4k 60 i don't think you can have ray tracing and 4k 60 it's usually one or the other um but yes like i said it would it's going to be ray tracing on pc only so that's it for gaming uh i do want to talk about a little bit more tv today than usual as we've just been kind of moving away from that just because it's it's not as uh Heavy hitting, personally, at least. Um, so, of course, uh, Mike Richards, the producer of Jeopardy, uh, stepped down and then, of course, was fired as producer. And in his wake, we have now learned that uh, as, as he was hired as the main host of Jeopardy, uh, and Mayim Bialik, of course, was hired for, like, the specials, it has now been announced that... Uh, Ken Jennings and Mayim Bialik will split hosting duties for the remainder of 2021. Um, pretty sure Ken Jennings is going to get hired on full-time, which makes sense. I mean, I know there were some problematic things that came out which prevented him from getting it in the first place. But in all honesty, I, I think he's apologized and, and they weren't as, as bad as some other things that have come out from other people. And uh, this, though, like I said, will... Um, be going from, so episodes hosted by Bialik will run from September to November 5th, and then they will split time between then and, uh, on as their schedules allow, quote unquote. Um, oh, I didn't know he was on another show already, uh, but 
I guess Richard's already filmed episodes this year. Um, of course, people wanted LeVar. Unfortunately, LeVar uh, was not hired and has actually now come out and said that he does not want to be the host of Jeopardy anymore. Um, while he thought it was something he wanted after doing it once, he, it turns out that maybe it just wasn't the right fit. Um, he said, quote, I made it public that I wanted it for myself, that it made sense to me, and my fans were all about it. The crazy thing is that when you set your sights on something, they say be careful of what you wish for, because what I found out is that it wasn't the thing I wanted after all. What I wanted was to compete. I mean, I wanted the job right, but then when I didn't get it, it was like, well, okay, what's next? Uh, the opportunities that have come my way as a result of not getting that gig, I couldn't have dreamt it up. If you had given me a pen and a paper and said, well, so what do you want this to really look like? If it doesn't include Jeopardy, I wouldn't have been this generous to myself. Unquote. So, it looks like he's gotten way better jobs in the wake of not getting Jeopardy. And if that means LeVar is going to be coming back to our screen sooner than rather than later, then I'm all for it, man. Just get him as Jordy on Picard and, and we're all set. We are all set then. Um, <laughs> the Amazon Lord of the Rings show looks like it's going to have another connection to uh, the new line Peter Jackson films as Howard Shore is in active talks to take over as the main composer for the Ad Amazon Lord of the Rings show. So if they bring him in, it will definitely feel or sound like the new line films, which You've already got me sold on it. This just is icing on the cake, if you ask me. Howard Shore is a great composer. He's one of the best. Um, also, uh, some information has come out about directors of the upcoming Last of Us TV show uh, on HBO. And it looks like Neil Druckmann, who is essentially the... Like, he was the game director and director of, of the story of The Last of Us over at Naughty, Door, Naughty Dog will be directing at least one or two episodes of the show for HBO. So he's going to get from directing the game to directing the show. Uh, Ewan McGregor has confirmed that Obi-Wan has finished filming. Can't wait. Cannot wait to learn more about that show. Cannot wait to watch that show. And and speaking of, of Star Wars on Disney+, Plus, uh, it was confirmed today. Of course, Visions dropped today, and we will talk about it next week. Um... Visions, unfortunately, is not canon. It is one of the few new projects to come out of Disney related to Star Wars that is not canon. It unfortunately exists outside of that, and, and I'm a little upset by that, but I get it. I mean, they were obviously telling some, some strange stories, and it reminds me, I think that comic is called Star Wars Visions, which was like an alternate time, uh, alternate stuff. And it's actually how we got the idea of Darth Maul coming back. So, um, it's not canon, but if honestly, if it doesn't break canon, then to me, it's practically canon. And uh, I can't wait to watch that this weekend on top of Halo and, and Deathloop. Um, Hulu is getting a new Marvel show based on a violent monkey that hunts Yakuza. <laughs> so, make of that what you will. Uh, the Rugrats reboot has been renewed for season two on Paramount Plus. And uh, here's something I did not expect to see. The live-action Cowboy Bebop show is, uh, per Netflix, quote, an expansion of the canon, unquote. So it sounds like it's not going to be a direct adaptation of the original anime. Which this might please some fans. It might piss some fans off as well. Uh, and this is per Entertainment Weekly. The showrunner Andre Nemec uh, discussed his approach, essentially. Uh, he said that it will also, quote, add things, unquote, to the mythos. So he said, this is his exact quote. I promise we will never make or never take the original anime away from the purists. It will always exist out there. But I'm very excited about the stories that we're telling. I believe we've done a really nice job of not violating the canon in any direction but merely offering some extra glimpses into the world that was already created, unquote. Now, remember, they're also doing, like, graphic novels that expand on it as well. 
Um, he also said that he said, quote, uh, serve the exact same meal, unquote. So essentially he didn't want to like just rehash everything. Um, and, uh, he also said, quote, I think that the poetic nature of the anime absolutely allowed for us to mine the archetypal nature of the characters and dig out deeper histories that we wanted to explore. And the answer, some of the questions that the anime leaves with you, unquote. I, I like that, I think. Um, the first season drops November 19th, and uh, you'll be able to judge it wildly once that drops. Um, and of course, John Cho looks great as, uh, as Spike uh, from the pictures that have already been released. And it'll be interesting. I can't wait to watch. Um, I'm sure it's going to be amazing, but we have a couple more months before that drops. Two months, two months exactly, uh, minus two days, <laughs> but, uh, that is happening. And then the, the, this is something that was announced just the other day. Uh, this is also happening in Nove November, November 12th is now going to be called Disney plus day, according to Disney plus. And we got a, a lot of news about what's going to happen on this day. Um, we are getting Shang, Shang-Chi and Jungle Cruise both drop on Disney Plus uh, to watch with your regular subscription on that day. Uh, we're getting a new Simpsons short film, as well as a new short film from Pixar from the world of Luca. We're going to be getting an MCU future look, or look towards the future of the MCU, and what's in store for it, so not just on Disney Plus. And the biggest thing that people notice, there's going to be a Star Wars next look or future look. They said it's going to be focused on Boba Fett. So I'm guessing we're going to get a lot of stuff pertaining to the book of Boba Fett. And I won't doubt, I do not doubt, I should say, that we will be getting a um, Obi-Wan trailer. Since it's finished filming, I'm sure they will have some kind of teaser or something ready to go in the next two months that they will put up for this future look at Star Wars, uh, even though it's focusing on Boba Fett. And obviously we'll learn more about that in the future, but that is going to be Disney Plus Day on November 12th. And then uh, moving over to the movie world, um, Nicolas Cage has said he will never retire from acting. And honestly, good on you, man. Stick to it. I love that you just want to keep making movies, and honestly, you're having a bit of a career renaissance lately. I'm all for it, man. I love watching Nicolas Cage, man. I'm, I'm all fucking for it. I am all fucking for that. 1,000%. 1,000% I'm all for it. Um, Andy Machete uh, has also put out another tease for his Flash movie. This time it shows the Batman... Uh, outfit from 1989's Batman, Michael Keaton's Batman, except it's painted red with a yellow flash lightning bolt. Dark Universe, maybe? The Red Death? Who knows? Um, Netflix has purchased the rights to the Roald Dahl estate. Yes, you heard that right, Roald Dahl. So Netflix now has the rights to make Willy Wonka movies, Matilda movies, uh, TV shows. Um, they have formally ac acquired the Roald Dahl Story Company. Um, uh, and apparently across all of mainstream entertainment media. Uh, they did form a partnership a few years ago. Uh, but they essentially own the Roald Dahl estate is what that means. And it says, quote, The creation of a unique universe across animated and live action films and TV Publishing games, immersive experiences, live theater, consumer products, and more. And they'll actually get <coughs> royalties on existing Roald Dahl books. So this this is essentially like what, what, what happened when Ubisoft purchased the rights to Tom Clancy. Like Tom Clancy, RIP, doesn't own the rights to his own name. Um, Netflix did assure fans that say they quote... We're committed to maintaining their unique spirit and their universal themes of surprise and kindness while also make also sprinkling some fresh magic into the mix, unquote. Um, it is now a division of Netflix. Uh, we don't know what they paid um, 
so like again, this includes Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Matilda, James and the Giant Peach. I wonder if that means they'll get the rights to like the Disney movies, the BFG. Um, that's crazy. It it this is one of the few acquisitions it's made. It's it's only made they've made fewer than ten acquisitions over the past decade. Um, of course, they always make uh, original content or they make deals with production companies, but they don't own things outright. Um, that's crazy. This is somewhere between $500 million and a billion dollars, especially it's very large for kids programming. Um, that's wild, man. Uh, of course, Netflix Netflix is already working on a Matilda project. Um, and then Warner Brothers, of course, is working on a Willy Wonka prequel that Timothy Chalamet is starring in. Um, but nobody knows if that this Netflix deal is going to affect either one of those. Um, Netflix was also working on a animated series uh, adapted from one of his works. It was never fully announced, but... We'll see. And I wonder if that means the previous films, like I said, if the previous films are going to go to Netflix now as well. I'm sure James and the Giant Peach and the BFG will probably stay on Disney Plus in the meantime, but we'll, we'll see how this changes things. Um, today, we also got news in regards to uh, Fantastic Beasts 3. Uh, which will now be called The Secrets of Dumbledore. And it's moving up its release three months. Uh, no other information uh, uh, was given. But Fantastic Beasts 3 will now be called The Secrets of Dumbledore and will release on April 15th, 2022, three months ahead of its original July release. And the next few topics I wanted to talk about were... Uh, uh, they're kind of big. They're kind of... Uh, um, hot right now they're hot button issues and uh there's a lot of like bullshit going around about kind of all of them and the first one i want to get out of the way is, is the simplest of them and it, it has to do with denny villeneuve the director of of dune and it had to do with a spanish language interview he was giving um about movie making in general and it even related to Martin Scorsese's comments about the MCU. Uh, and this this is translated. Um, he was uh, being interviewed by the uh, El Mundo, which is a Spanish newspaper. And he said, quote, Perhaps the problem is there are too many Marvel films that are nothing more than cut and paste of others. Maybe these types of movies has turned us into a little bit of zombies, unquote. And obviously everyone's gotten in a, a, a tizzle and oh my god blah, 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 and bullshit and nonsense. He also said though, quote, nowadays there are a lot of big and expensive movies that have a lot of value. I don't feel capable of being completely pessimistic, unquote. So he knows some are garbage and some are not. And it's true. A lot of that if if there's a complaint you can levy against the MCU, it's that a lot of their movies are cut and paste are just, you know, fill in the blank. A lot of the origin story ones. Um, and, and, and you know, when well-respected directors are saying this, they, they kind of have a point, right? Look, the man is, a, is an artist, okay? He's made some of the best films of the last decade, okay? He is allowed to criticize the Marvel films, and I'm sure if given the opportunity, he might direct one. I mean, he's directing a giant, giant sci-fi project in Dune. He directed a Blade Runner film, okay? Uh, he's not... He's, he's just saying that some of them are just a little too simple. And, and I mean, just a few months before this, he's, he praised the hiring of Chloe Zhao for Eternals. So he's, he's not shitting on Marvel as a whole. He also said, I quote, I'm your biggest fan. I think it's genius that Marvel approached you because you're the radical opposite of it, of it aesthetically, unquote. So he knows. He he wants them to push the envelope. And, and that's why he called the hiring of Chloe Zhao a genius. So there's no reason to shit on Denny for his view of the MCU. A lot of people feel that way. 
Not everyone jerks off the MCU like that. Some people do, and that's fine. That's fine. Okay? I like a lot of the MCU, but there's a lot of stuff I don't care for in the MCU. And there is a lot of stuff that is cookie-cutter, and they all feel the same at, at points. So, but but Marvel has been trying to do better lately, and I applaud them for it. But but Denny isn't wrong, and, and neither was Martin. Granted, calling us zombies, I mean, whether that has merit or not is an entirely different conversation, and I don't think we have time to talk about that today. But that's that's just something i i don't know but but when he says that some of them are cut and paste he's not wrong he's not it's not a hot take it's not crazy to think that he's not the next thing i wanted to talk about that that people are jumping all over is uh marcia lucas who is the ex-wife of george lucas and was the editor on the original star wars trilogy the original trilogy and is heavily criticizing uh, the sequels, uh, despite it seeming that her um, her her uh, uh, wrath was written before the rise of Skywalker. So maybe maybe it's a good thing. Um, and this was in a new book. Uh, it's a foreword to Howard Kazan Kazanjian, uh, a producer's life book. Um, of course, she's an Oscar-winning editor herself. Uh, she slams both Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Uh, don't get me wrong, I, I'll, I'll agree with her on J.J. Uh, and she did say, quote, they don't get it. And J.J. Abrams is writing these stories. When I saw the movie where they kill Han Solo, I was furious. Absolutely, positively, there was no rhyme or reason to it. I thought, you don't get the Jedi story. You don't get the magic of Star Wars. You're getting rid of Han Solo. And then at the end of this last one, they have Luke disintegrate. They killed Han Solo, they killed Luke Skywalker, and then they don't have Princess Leia anymore. And they're spitting out movies every year, unquote. Also, quote, And I think it's important to appeal to a woman's audience. So now their main character is this female who's supposed to have Jedi powers, but we don't know how she got Jedi powers or who she is. It sucks. The storylines are terrible, terrible, just awful. Um, unquote. But... She doesn't stop there. I don't agree with her take on, on Rey at all. Um, that's not out of the ordinary for Star Wars or George, for that matter. I mean, he did it with Anakin. Um, now, I can see... I don't... I didn't like the killing of Han Solo. But, granted, Harrison asked for it, so that's different. Uh... The, the Luke fading away was fine because he could be a force ghost and it fits with some of the other stuff they've done with Luke in the past. At least in the old expanded universe. Um, but she also levied complaints at the prequel trilogy. So she, she did talk about George too. She said, quote, I remember going out to the parking lot, sitting in my car and crying. I cried. I cried because I didn't think it was a very good and I thought George had such a rich vein to mine. A rich palette to tell stories with. There were more things I didn't like about the casting and things I didn't like about the story and things I didn't like. It was a lot of eye candy CG, unquote. She's talking about episode one. Look, episode one is not terrible. It's not great. It's better than episode two. But, I mean, look. I, I don't agree with her completely, okay? Because... Kathleen Kennedy knows what she's doing, right? She's not beholden to the fans. She, unfortunately, is beholden to the shareholders. But again, she's a producer, and she's produced some of the most beloved films of all time. So, Marsha can, can shove it in that take. Her criticism of J.J., 100%. Because J.J., I don't know, he doesn't know how to end things. He, he just doesn't. Um, some of the things she said about even the, the Phantom Menace don't make sense. I get it was eye candy CG, but that's George. That's what George wanted. You were married to the man. If you didn't see that, then I don't know. Maybe that's why you got divorced. <laughs> like, George wanted to do that with the originals, and he couldn't. So he made companies to make it up that didn't know what they were doing. Um, I, I just... 
I mean, she won an Academy Award for editing the original Star Wars. But this this is kind of going around and people are like, oh, see, see, she doesn't like the, the sequels. It just proves that they don't know what they're doing. Like, no, this is a woman who was married to George Lucas, worked on the originals, and doesn't like it. There's so many people that worked on the originals that are still working for Lucasfilm and ILM and stuff today. So that, that like, no heart. They know the Jedi story. They just, they're telling a different side or version of it. I don't agree with everything that was done in the sequel trilogy. I don't. I personally feel like The Last Jedi is the best, and I know I'm, people think I'm crazy for it. But, I, I just, this is not something people can necessarily get behind, right? Obviously, George has kept silent, but... This this is not someone that that anyone should should stand behind because she criticizes things that some are make sense and some don't. Um, and to say that Kathleen Kennedy doesn't have a clue about Star Wars is is just false, patently false. Kathleen Kennedy has been friends with George Lucas and Steven Spielberg for decades. She's produced films for both of them. So, so to say that she doesn't get Star Wars is, is a falsehood. Because at the same time, Kathleen has given us a lot of great Star Wars too. So, I, I think it's a little disingenuous to say that Kathleen doesn't get Star Wars. If anything, it's JJ who doesn't get Star Wars. And the last thing I want to talk about is James Bond and Daniel Craig. And, unfortunately... What he has said has been taken completely and wildly out of context by just about every media outlet on the internet. And it's pretty sad that, that people cannot read what the hell he's saying. And, and everyone just takes it as him attacking or hating people. And it's no. And this is what I've been saying and a lot of other people say too. And, and before we go any further, this is what he said. He was speaking with the Radio Times... And they asked him in regards to the future of James Bond. And he said, There should simply be better parts for women and actors of color. Why should a woman play James Bond when there should be a part just as good as James Bond for a woman? Unquote. Um, before I get into other things the producers of Bond have said, he's not wrong, right? A lot of people want to make characters a different color for the sake of just making them a different color or a woman. And this is different than, like, the Superman that Michael B. Jordan might play. Because he's an actual Superman from the DC multiverse, right? But what I'm saying is, oh, just make Batman black to because he's been white for so long. That That's no... Because you're taking away from the character. Right? And I get I get what they're trying to say. 100%. 1,000% understand. But And, and this is kind of what uh, Daniel Craig is saying. It's like, no. Don't just put them in there for the sake of it. Because then you're still taking away from it. You're not making... You're not writing new stories for women or people of color. You're just plopping them into an established thing. That might not necessarily fit for those types of people. What he's saying is, write a character for a woman that is worthy of the praise that, that James Bond has. That's worthy of the, the mythos and love and fandom, right? Don't just change James Bond to a woman because, first off, it, it's not really going to work. Because, unless you're going to make her a womanizer as well, which people will have problems with there. Because it's probably not going to be handled properly. But no, write a great spy movie for a woman but just make her her own character or put her in the bond franchise but just she's not james bond right have her as a as a um a counterpart to james but write it well and and it will be treated properly like it, it's just like oh just make them a woman because like no that's that's not how it works you're not being an ally to them you're you're pandering you're pandering at that point and and even uh, the producer, and that, that goes on with what the producer of the films, Barbara Broccoli, said in, in last year. James Bond can be of any color, but he is male. 
I believe we should be creating new characters for women, strong female characters. I'm not particularly interested in taking a male character and having a woman play it. I think women are far more interesting than that, unquote. It's true. It's so true. Like, look at what they're doing with Lashana Lynch. She's playing a double O agent, but she's not playing, she's not the new James Bond. Write characters for females that are well written. Don't treat them like second class anymore. Just be just, by changing a character to a female, just because it's it's pandering and it's not done properly, and it will always turn out bad. You know, create characters and stories that are women led and women focused without having to just take over a man's role. Like look at what they're doing with Ironheart over at Marvel, and I hope I hope it kills. I hope it does, because Riri Williams is a separate character that takes over the Iron Man mantle and becomes iron heart right she she's not tony stark she's not and 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 antoinette stark she's a different person she's riri williams right give those people a character that they can latch on to that they can identify with they they can still be fans of james bond and then they can if you do it well you're you're gonna get people that be fans of them too don't listen to the, the assholes who are like, I don't want women. Those guys, those people can go fuck themselves personally, right? People who shit on Rey in Star Wars or people who don't like Black Widow because it was a female character. Like, no. Just, it just, it wasn't, that movie just was okay. Same thing with Captain Marvel. Brie Larson is a great actress. That movie was just, that movie just sucked. Right? But, but. Don't don't do it for the sake of doing it. Do do something worthwhile. Do something that people can identify with, and people will enjoy it and love it because it's good, not because they felt the need to, right? Or 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 if you are going to change it, change it in a meaningful way. People who say that James Bond can only be white are are fucking retards for one. Racist assholes who say that that that's for damn sure. James Bond can be any fucking color. I mean, look at England. England is just as mixed as America is. So that that's that is a separate issue. But and and Daniel Craig's not saying you can't make James a black man. He's not saying that. What he's saying is don't just make don't just make them female because. But that and here's where I'll go a little further. Don't ever call a movie the female James Bond because then you're already going to like compartmentalize it and stick it into a certain care category. No, just make it a fucking epic spy movie starring a woman. Like I know people liked Gunpowder Milkshake. I know people liked um was that movie with Charlize that I can't think of the name. But and and there, there's the problem, right? I can't think of the name of that because while it was a good film, Enough people didn't latch onto it because it probably drew un unfair criticism saying, oh, it's the female James Bond. Like, no. Just it, just make a good movie and it won't matter. But when you put out clickbaity articles like uh, Daniel Craig says women can't be James Bond and then leave it at that, people aren't going to read the article. They're not going to see the truth behind it. It's not what he said. He's saying write stories and characters for these people that are worthwhile, that are meaningful. Don't just do it for the sake of doing it. But of course, everyone takes things out of context and blow things up. And this is how this is where why we get cancel culture, because you have idiots in the media. Not everyone, not everyone, not not every media outlet did it, but a majority of them did. But we have cancel culture because you have idiots who put out clickbaity headlines and everyone jumps down to a conclusion and down each other's throats. Some people deservedly deserve to be canceled or it should be canceled forever right not everyone does and not everyone does anything and some people are canceled because things are taken out of context like this i'm not saying that's what's happening i'm just saying that's how you get there and the the attacks on daniel craig are unwarranted they don't fit in with what he was trying to say and people who are smart know what he is trying to say is legitimate Write characters that are worthwhile for these people, not just for the sake of doing it. And with that, 
we come to the end of this week's Nick's Nerd News. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, don't forget to check out the 101 League on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, as well as twitch.tv slash the 101 League, where I'll be shoutcasting on Friday and Saturday. Uh, tomorrow night, they'll be doing their FGC night. Uh, also on Saturday, I'm partnering... I'm not... Well, I'm, I partner with them in general. Uh, the Nevada Street Nerd Market at Panels Comic Book Coffee Bar from 10 to 4. Uh, come check that out. I'll be there probably from 11 to 4. Um, great little nerd market. Little, like, mini nerd convention, if you will, in Oceanside. Uh, also, uh, 101 League will be there, of course. We'll be hosting our, our weekly Melee tournament. Uh, and then, of course... You know, you come here to listen to me, so don't forget to check out nixnerdnews.com, where you can listen to your show, the sh- this show, in your browser. Or, if you like, you can find links to our Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast pages. That way you can listen to my sultry voice on the go, wherever you might be, in the car, on the train, walking around, at the gym, who knows, whatever you want to do. Also, while you're there, make sure to check out our social media tab where you can find links to our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You also find the feeds there, so if you don't have social media, you can see them all right there on our fun website. Post a lot of fun memes. Uh, Otherwise, just search for Nick's Nerd News on your preferred social media platform of choice. And with that, I will catch you guys on the flip side.